back to check out independentleft.news. The Indie News Network. Indie Left News. Oh, hey, Indie Left. Independentleft.news. Great work. Indie Left News. The Independent Left Dot news. Independent Left News. Shout out. Oh, what's up? Independent Left News. Show out. Oh, what's up? Independent Left News. Show out. Thank you, Independent Left News. 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 Thank you, Independent it's no, it. you know what we're doing? We're world building indie. Uh, indie. Indie left news. You were doing uh, the IN in recruiting. Indie news. Independent left news. Shout out to independent left news. Check out independent left news. At Kennedy News. I see indies in the chat. Hi, indie. Okay, great. Bye. You shut up. Uh oh. Hi. Working Hi, everybody. Uh. Sam, Poopy, what happened there? That was really weird. I don't know if my internet just crashed for a second or what, but we're back. Hi, it's we're we're here. Yes, hey, we're live. It's how do we miss that? It's Sunday night. I got I got Reef sitting here. He's he's with the with the, the up close the up close cam. What's up, dude? Um, and uh, we're we're gonna have some fun tonight. Um, I don't normally like to talk about drama and things happening on social media, but they kind of intersected with what we've been talking about here. And um Reef's got new cans. No, I don't think Reef got new cans. I think you just see them clearer. Um he's trying to focus focus. Um he's working on it folks. So yeah it's been it's been a crazy week. Um Wild Daoud. I wanna I wanna shout him out. Um I wanna shout out an RIP to to Dr. Rafat, of course. Um I didn't really get to talk about him last week. Um, but Colin and Reef did an incredible tribute on on Wednesday and Yeah. We just uh, put it up. It should be on the channel now. Oh, I I'm well enough just thinking about it. But yeah. these journalists, man, they're and of course, you know the children, and naturally everything that's happening, and the, they saw the saw something with a bulldozer. That oh my word, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to talk about all that shit tonight um, necessarily because this this is it's all linked together. Let's just put it that way. Um, so what had happened was we had. Uh, a bit of a situation over on Substack this this week, last week and a half. Um, to get into what what the story is, I'm not even gonna you know start all the other crap, but I I want to get into this because this has really been bugging me, and it's the censorship industrial complex has really got their tentacles out right now, and especially with, given the CTI league that, that we read about last week, which we've known about for a long time, but now there's a whistleblower with documents out. There was also the hearing that Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger were brought in front of Congress again earlier last month um, to, to talk there. There's a lot of narrative circling around censorship, around Substack and Rumble specifically, I don't know if you remember, but about six weeks ago, we covered Amy Klobuchar 
petitioning openly for Jeff Bezos on Alexa voice searches to censor out and and to not include Rumble and Substack articles and videos with search results for Alexa. Um, openly lobbying publicly, not necessarily putting it in a bill or making a legislation, but strongly suggesting, which is mm. when you're a big defense contractor and you play to the crowd of the congressional forum, that's what's going to, you're going to see bending like that. Now, I don't know, I'm hoping that he won't, but the Washington Post certainly does not want to see Substack articles prioritized over them, though they should be because the Washington Post is generally trash. But we ended up with an article published in the Atlantic. So th this is a crazy story. Substack has been overtaken by a fight all of a sudden over the last week or couple of weeks. And I'm just going to share the first article, which was by Fisto Sobani, which is one of the friends and published writers over on Substack that I've become friendly with. And he's over on notes and he's pretty, pretty pugilistic. Let's just call it. Um, but what had happened as many of you are aware, or maybe are not, in the latest salvo of the battle to censor Substack has been in, has been fired. The so-called Substackers Against Nazis has been spreading a collective letter in an attempt to pressure Substack to remove distasteful authors and their content. Now, it's not exactly that necessarily. Mm. What they're calling for actually is a demonetization of accounts that are platforming what they determined to be Nazi content. And we're going to get into exactly what is or is not. How about new? Right. You and what they, what they, bastard. Oh, it's, it's brutal. All right. So, so his Substack is called the partisan. We here at the partisan take a maximal free speech stance and wholeheartedly condemn this blatant mob assault, not just on the platform we all share, but on the liberty of every person who uses it, not just now, but in the future, you're attacking us and we will not suffer it. But there's been a big fight. Make no mistake. Racket. Racket right? news. Yes. Yes, that that's is a, racket news. That, doesn't, that sounds familiar. Yes. they. Well, yes, they are familiar. But mm -hmm. make no mistake. that We know this isn't about speech. This isn't about civility. This is about power. Your power. This is about control. For those just joining us on the show, this instigating piece by Jonathan Katz in The Atlantic underlying this new assault has been widely criticized and discredited. And his, his piece in The Atlantic that's causing this hysteria was saying that Substack has a Nazi problem. They do not. Okay. Now, what? Yeah, Matt, I haven't seen uh, any. Well, Matt Taibbi no. writes in response to this article, tireless busybodies again <clears throat> target Substack. So he's kind of on to the game. <clears throat> and Matt now says that Substack is under attack again. The crusade is led by a site contributor, Jonathan Katz whose style might be characterized as embittered conventional, i.e. toting the same opinions as every mainstream editorialist, only angrier about it. There's been more of this genre mm. and of off on offer here as staff positions for talking point spouters dry up in legacy shops, but hey, it's a free country. If you want bringing about fascism, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, the, leak la the lab leak theory, and other hashtag resistance horrors you'd hear about if you just left at NBC in a corner. now. This guy, of course, came back to that's not me at all. Or you feel deprived of headlines like, quote, 
What Ron DeSantis and a Norwegian mass murderer have in common? Well, Substack's got you covered. Um, if you want anything more than that. But it's not Matt's idea of what alternative media is for, but fortunately nobody asked him, so why should he care what other people read? But Katz does. And that's the whole point. Jonathan Katz certainly does. I've even mixed it up with him a little bit. We're gonna get in, we're gonna show you that. Though this site is a true content free-for-all, where you can find everything from serialized graphic novel novels, and there are great fiction writers on the on, on the platform, to Portuguese dark storytelling. The Bagel Bites recipes. I know you've been looking for those, Reef. Bagel right? Bites. I, of course. Who doesn't love Bagel Bites? It's, it's a microcosm you know? of the old internet where the randomness and being able to hop from Bigfoot to Buddhism is a key part of the free vibe. And Katz believes he's detected a malicious pattern. And he aims to put a stop to it by deplatforming Substack contributors he doesn't like. Again, it's not necessarily deplatforming, it's demonetizing. But effectively, that's trying to do the same thing in the end. Same thing. Yeah. Group letter is being organized, demanding action. Following Katz's stern argument in the Atlantic, Substack has a Nazi problem. Now, I am not going to show this article. And the reason why is because, A, the Atlantic is trash. B, I do not feature yes. corporate mainstream media on this show. I try to make it a point not to do that. And C, I'm certainly not going to give this guy any more light than, uh, th than he... That he had he's already gotten for himself. However, Matt's saying that as an aside, and this is a big thing, that a big reason that the people read Substack is because of the terribleness of it magazines like The Atlantic, which is edited by a guy named Jeffrey Goldberg, who won a pile of awards for blowing the, the weapons of mass destruction story in spectacular fashion for years on end, making him a walking, talking symbol of the failing upward dynamic in corporate media. He works, by the way, for Lauren Jobs. That's Steve Jobs' widow who bought the Atlantic and funds the entire operation. If that mm. magazine wants people to read Substack less, it might consider not filling its pages with exposés about the alpha server fantasies or plaintive defenses of the Steele dossier or other transparent propaganda instead of demanding deplatforming here. Again, demonetization. I'm going to this was before the letter had come out. He says, like a prosecutor introducing an adverse witness early, Katz in his piece concedes a numerical observation in the about the white supremacist problem on Substack. Quote, these are, to be sure, a tiny fraction of the newsletters on a site that had more than 17,000 paid writers as of March, according to Axios, and has many other writers who don't charge for their work. We're talking probably more than 50,000 writers. He says, really, he should stop there, but of course he charges forward. There are a whole 16 sites, he says. Now it's more than 16. That was anecdotal, and he said that's just where he searched. But 16 whole sites that deploy some variation of a swastika on Substack. And despite these being both legal and a complete non-factor in the national discussion, their existence cannot be tolerated. After explaining his real gripe, that... Substack's leaders proudly disdain the content moderation methods that others' platforms employ. That comes to the moment inevitable in his humorously consistent genre of diatribe in which he threatens to pick up his Substack ball and go home. Of course he does. So yeah. what, what he says is that the question of what 
kind of community is a Substack, Substack is actively cultivating? How long will writers such as Barry Weiss, right. Patty Smith, and George Saunders, and for that matter, me, uh, be willing to stake uh, our reputations on and share a cut of our revenue with a company that can't Here's decide some advice. Don't. Nazi flags count as hate. All those people uh, don't. For, again, moving the goalpost, now saying that the company can't decide if Nazi flags count as hate speech. No, they do. However, I'm going to talk about why and why you can't pick them off because of that to begin with. Matt says, the first time someone tried this, Barry was on the other end of the dynamic, listed as one of the Substack evils, supposedly inspiring decent folk to leave. In March 2021, mm -hmm. Jude Ellison S. Doyle announced his their intention to walk out because Substack wouldn't kick the likes of Graham Linehan, author of the very funny Irish sitcom Father Ted, off the platform. The concept then was transphobia panic, i.e. Substack was a home to a burgeoning anti-trans movement spearheaded, Doyle claimed, by Linehan, and, and, well, there had to be a second really bad example. So Doyle somehow settled on Jesse Single, perhaps the single most inoffensive personality to have ever carried a New York Magazine byline. I wouldn't go that far, Matt. As opposed I, to Jesse Double. Well, Jesse Single is, I mean, he's relatively <laughs> harmless, yes. Nonetheless, Doyle identified the duo of Linehan and Single as harassment influencers, meaning those engaged in naming individual trans people who then got swarmed by their followers. Substack uh -huh. survived an exodus of about five writers in that episode. A year later, they went through another campaign, this one over the anti-vaccine sentiment threat, supposedly posed by Dr. Joseph Mercola and Steve Kirsch and Alex Berenson. Yeah. The legacy campaign mm -hmm. there gained steam when the mighty Center for Countering Digital Hate, the CCDH, claimed Substack was earning millions yep. from anti-vaccine content. The CCDH stat spurred more panic headlines in WAPO, The Guardian, New York Times, Vanity Fair, among others. Well, how dishonest were New York Times. Stories? And how dishonest were these stories? Well, The Times was writing about growing pains on Substack and Mashable about its exodus of writers just after the company announced in late 2021 that it had passed the threshold of a million paying subscribers or quadruple the amount for the previous year. That number is now over 2 million, by the way, meaning that the community has again doubled in size since last year. Most corporate outlets would blood sacrifice half their staff for growing pains like that, okay? So let's start there. Now, yeah. what Jonathan has really been screeching about on notes is this, and it's that um, Hamish McKenzie, who's the COO, interviewed for his podcast, a gentleman named Richard Hanani, who I'd never even heard of, but apparently he's got former white supremacist ties in a background. Let's get back to this, yep. to Matt here. So this is why he's screaming about that they're amplifying and trying to promote white supremacy. This guy hasn't, I, I'm not a fan. He, I think he is a right winger, but he has reformed from whatever he says he was. I don't know if he has, but to them, Nazi. All right. But, in an age when censorship mm -hmm. and deamplification are big factors for journalists tempted to say something unpopular, cats tend destined to be eulogized as a parrot on the shoulder of received wisdom will not be sympathetic. Moving to a platform that's proven it won't buckle is crucial. 
People like Substack CEO Chris Best and co-founders Hamish McKenzie and Jirash Sethi have proven they won't let outside groups dictate to them about content. By the way, those, that's the three guys on the thumbnail with the Substack logo above them. That's Chris Hamish and Jirash. So, you know, so far, they've been so it's not pretty good. So it's not Weezer. It's not Weezer. I mean, look, I've I've had questions Damn. about all three of them at times. Um, but <laughs> look, they're corporate bros and they're building a great platform. I would like them to stay out of, and that I actually agree with Jonathan Katz. Stay out of the promoting content pro, content providers, uh, you know, and content mm-hmm. creators entirely, and be a platform. This is yep. why contributors like Matt, who have a lot to worry about on this front, are loyal. It's because they fight and won't let outside groups dictate to them about content. Right? And they've proven that to Matt and to us. It's why people seek out content here. They know they're getting a far less filtered version of reality than they're seeing on platforms like Facebook and YouTube, where deamplification, strikes, and outright removals have become routine. Right? Right. But what's the value add for Substack if they start bouncing sites at the behest of groups like the CCDH or the ADL or even writers at the Atlantic who have a pretty the, decent sized Substack? Or the CTI or well, the UTI. Well, no, or the SAN, which is the Substackers Against Nazis now. And we're going to, over 200 uh-huh. people have signed this letter and copy pasted it and sent it to all of their email subscriber base. The minute they take a step in that direction, the site just becomes a miniature version of the giant attitude grinding machines you find across the rest of social media from whence everyone fled here in the first place. Why does the world need another such platform? Of course, one could ask, why does anyone need Andon's Right Press? Which is one of the sites that draws yeah. that's drawn Katz's ire. And Katz go, screams I mean, about how Matt irresponsibly links to a Nazi newspaper and helps them recruit and get more videos and more people because he's a right winger. Literally. Like that. So is Substack going to be freedom of reach, not freedom of speech? Well, I I certainly hope not. I and certainly hope not see. But okay. um, Yeah. One of the sites. So if one doesn't necessarily uh, think that anyone needs the Andon Reich. Press. Unless you believe in free speech culture, hate speech isn't illegal in America for a variety of reasons that cats, who might someday enter into the Guinness Book for writing the most words about the ACLU's defensive neo-Nazis at Skokie without understanding the subject at all, doesn't see. The logic yeah. of defending Nazi speech then and now is obvious and has nothing to do with indulging Nazis. David Goldberger led the ACLU's legal team in the Skokie case, and as he put it, quote, the power to censor Nazis includes the power to censor protesters of all stripes and to prevent the press from publishing and embarrassing facts and criticism that government officials label as fake news. It's literally happening right fucking now. Mm -hmm. Nearly 50 years later, this is exactly what we're seeing with the Twitter files, the CTI League, the Virality Project that Matt just wrote about, and innumerable other content moderation projects. They start off promising to stop clearly offensive or ridiculous posts like about microchips and vaccines. Yeah, so ridiculous there, right? Um, Quickly, however, the purview expands to include anything that promotes hesitancy or contains anti-Ukraine narratives or too closely overlaps with the information ecosystem of, say, Russia or Palestine. 
This is how Stanford's Jay Bhattacharya. This is how Stanford's Jay Bhattacharya or the Green Party's Jill Stein end up deamplified on Twitter. Aaron, how Aaron Mate ends up on a list of accounts passed to the FBI by Ukrainian intelligence, and how guys like that end up on the Mayorovitz uh-huh. list. By the way, hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I just find it interesting that Matt chooses not to mention that. But I love Matt, and all props to him for for being the biggest voice to stand up and punch back against this this nonsense that's happening. Because we are under attack here as publishers on Substack by the people who are who are legacy media and are, in my opinion, invading this platform. And they are guests here. We built this. This is our home. I have over twelve, almost twelve hundred published posts in the last three years on this platform, and I don't really want somebody coming in here and telling me what I can can't publish or that I can't be monetized because they don't like something that I published. And I am look when it comes to Nord Stream, right. when it comes to all these things, I challenge narratives and I publish people and I republish people to challenge narratives. This is nonsense, right? Right. So where do these people come from and how do they how do they come to be so entitled? Their parents still doing their laundry. It's amazing in addition to being infuriating, right? So Matt writes his his rebuttal, which I think is great. All right. Um now, sadly, I like this guy, Joshua Hill, and I align with Joshua Hill on a lot of things. And here I'm going to pull, I'm going to show you the article that everybody has republished on Substack cuz not Jonathan Katz's article, though he did help write this. This was a collective of writers on Substack that read Jonathan Katz's article and determined and decided that this was a problem that they couldn't live with and they were going to look. They want answers and they want and they're demanding that the owners and that the leaders of this platform and company actually respond to them. So Joshua yeah. says. I talk a lot about collective action, and I've been moved and encouraged to see well over 150 writers to clearly say that Substack should not assist Nazis in making money on this platform. The platform should not tolerate and help those whose message is the extermination of others. This, to me, is simple and not controversial, but the leadership of this company apparently needs to hear it and hear it louder and louder, so I'm grateful to those who put this together and glad I could add my voice to this growing chorus without further ado. And I can't stress how disappointed I am to see him sign off on this letter. He's one of the few, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you, there are two or three DSA aligned people that have signed off on this. And this kind of tracks with, along with DSA level kind of thinking and thought control. All right now what they are, yep. and you're going to read what, what they're going to ask here. So here is their big inflammatory image. Very clear. Dear Chris Hamish and Zhiraj, we're asking a very simple question. It's somehow been made complicated. Why are you platforming and monetizing Nazis? Okay. So here we go. Now they, they reference Jonathan's piece in the Atlantic, right? He says that some, quote, some substack newsletters. I love how none of these people are asking Joe Biden why they're platforming and monetizing Nazis. Like to the tune like, you know of 150 I mean? billion dollars in the last two years. Yeah, billion how about that? dollars. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, how about right? that? So, according to a piece written by okay. Substack publisher Jonathan M. Katz and published by the Atlantic on November 28th, which we talked about, 
the article, and I'm not, I, I don't want to quote it, but here's what they said, quote, some Substack newsletters by Nazis and white nationalists have thousands or tens of thousands of subscribers, not all of them paying, by the way, making the platform a new and valuable tool for creating mailing lists for the far right or for anybody else that wants to use a platform, he doesn't say, and many accept paid subscriptions through Substack, seemingly flouting terms of service that ban attempts to, quote, publish content or fund initiatives that incite violence based on protected classes. Substack, which takes a 10% cut of subscription revenue, makes money when readers pay for Nazi newsletters. I love how he just makes this kind of shitlib smear over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. All right. And paints... Now, yeah. Substack is just, they're, they're Nazis because they accept money. Right. Uh, they get a fee, just like they get the same 10% for every newsletter on the platform. If you set one up, they can't moderate your mm -hmm. content per se, unless it is sexual or literally breaking the law. Now, as Patrick Casey, a leader of the now defunct neo-Nazi group who's banned on nearly every social platform except Substack, wrote here in 2021, okay, he goes, he's going back two years. But I'm able to live comfortably doing something I find enjoyable and fulfilling. The cause isn't going anywhere. Several Nazis and white supremacists, including Richard Spencer, not only have paid subscriptions turned on, but have received Substack bestseller badges, indicating that they're making it minimum thousands of dollars a year. I'm going to repeat mm -hmm. that. They're making it minimum thousands of dollars a year, of which Substack gets 10%. Of which Substack gets 10%. Right. It's not about the money which for Substack. Which would be a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks about, a year. Or no, I, I, a I thousand. Mean, it, it could be a couple be of 10. thousand or ten thousand, even ten thousand dollars a year, twenty hundred thousand right. a year. I mean, yeah. It no, I know. At, if you look at, just, I'm just saying, it's nothing. Right. If you're looking at the operating budget, it's a, it's it's yeah. literally a rounding error in their accounting line. All right, this is not about money here. Yeah. It's about giving people the freedom to write whatever they want to know that unless that they're literally calling for people to be right. But also, do these same people go to every bank, every uh like do we want to talk about how many times that I don't know, mainstream media has platformed open openly white supremacist like Nazi groups. Uh, you know, John Stewart literally shook his hand on a Disney stage. Yep. Like, sure did. No, this I, I again completely blind to Ukraine. All right, but he says from right. our perspective, I'm not just talking about Ukraine. I'm talking about in Europe. None of these people are calling other businesses to like find Nazis and well, like, they're not. They're not taken away. They they're are. not actively monetizing them. In a way that's visible to, to these people, sure, and competing with their. I mean, there's a, there's countless cops that are openly KKK members, but you know these same people aren't calling them out. Yeah, but so so from our perspective, they're, they're trying to go police people's words on fucking Substack. Now, now, Jonathan. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I've actually sorry. So, from our perspective as Substack publishers, it's unfathomable. Unfathomable. That someone with a swastika avatar who writes about the Jewish question, who promotes great replacement theory, could be given the tools to succeed on your platform. And yet you've been unable to adequately explain your position. It's not that he's, they've been unable to. It's yeah. that they've decided that you're not worthy of responding to. All right. So 
in the past right. you've defended your now but now that over 200 people out of 17,000 have signed off on this now they're going to they may be compelled especially given who their investors are to do so but to continue with the letter and I again vehemently disagree <laughs> with the content of this letter but I think it's important to get it out there so that we can discuss it and everybody knows where we're coming from and why people are freaking out like me they say that in the past, Substack has defended their decision to, to platform bigotry by saying they make decisions based on principles, not PR, and will stick to their hands-off approach to content moderation, which is also not really true, but that's okay. But there's a difference between a hands-off approach and putting your thumb on the scale. We know you moderate some content, including spam sites and newsletters written by sex workers. Why do you choose to promote and allow the monetization of sites that traffic in white nationalism? Promote and advance, it, promote is one thing. Now, people are saying that they were getting newsletters suggesting and recommending within their scope of being of recommended newsletters, Nazi content. That That's bad. Um, if it falls into whatever category overlaps with someone, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, they have algorithms. Yeah. Um, your unwillingness, as they say, to play by your own rules on this issue has already led to the announced departures of several prominent substackers, including people I've never heard of, Rusty Foster and Helena Fitzgerald. They follow previous exodus of writers, as Matt, Matt described, as journalist Casey Newson told his more than 166,000 subscribers after the piece came out, the oh. correct number of newsletters using Nazi symbols that you host and profit from on your platform is zero. Uh -huh. So they're saying we, your publishers, want to hear from open you, ones. Want to hear from you on as the official. As long as they're closeted, sub, they want to hear from you on the official fun. Substack newsletter. They're making a demand of what they want to hear and where. Is platforming Nazis part of your yeah. vision of success? Let us know. From there, we can each decide if this is still where we want to be. And then they're, of course, sending this out. They're copy pasting mm -hmm. this and sending this out to every single person that subscribes yeah. to their Substack, which means that potentially millions of people will see this and now think that Substack is a Nazi platform, which is what they were trying to do in the first place, these, these people. I don't first know place. why. Considering that right. they well, publish here. Exactly what we no talked sense. about last week. It makes no sense because right. they don't have an alternative I mean, exactly place to publish. Exactly what we talked about last week. Yes. With so. the CTI. This is exactly what we yes. talked about them doing. I'm so this glad. This is exactly you. like what they did to Rage Against the War first time. You know? Yes. Like, oh, there was one one Nazi who showed up and snuck in. So, therefore. They did it to March of Medicare uh, for know. All, remember? Remember? Yep. They did mm -hmm. it back in 2021. They Somebody put some guy on the list, yep. and then all of a sudden it was a Nazi event, even though they kicked him off the second. And these guys haven't even kicked the same, guy off. Same reason why there's always. There's always one one fucking federale who shows up with a fucking swastika at every fucking event that might actually change anything. Right? Yeah, Rage like, Against War. They had the guy with the big flag, right? Waving it around. Right. Okay. Yeah. Before we get back so, to it, and I don't want to keep forgetting, hey, check this out. If you do want to hook <clears> us up, we do have a Substack, IndieNewsNetwork.substack.com. You can subscribe there. Patreon.com slash Indie News Network. I'd love to see everyone support Substack because of what's going on here and show your support for that platform and for us over there. That would be awesome. 
Animaris, thank you. Animaris tipped 20, 20 bucks over on the Rockfin. Says, we're all fucked. Truly fucking fucked. And I agree with her and I love her. And thank you, Anna, for your support over there. Um, also, we've got, let me go back to that for a second. We've got Rumble. We are live on Rumble and nobody is chatting. If you are on Rumble and we are live, hey, say something. Say hello. Let yeah. us know we're live. Quit being fake views. Quit being fake views. Put, a, put, a, put some in the chat. Rumble has made some major upgrades you know? to, to their platform lately. I'm talking, they added playlists. They changed the look and feel to look a lot more like YouTube. And you'll see squares and tiles instead of these long things with big descriptions. It's a lot tighter, a lot more condensed. I mean, they could be using triangles, bro. They could be, but it's Just it's think not. about they could be using triangles. They could be, but it's not. And then, of course, we've got the Cash App, dollar sign, Indie News Network. So, again, if there's, if you could possibly hook us up, that's great. <laughs> if not, enjoy the content. Share the stream. Please do. Share it and like it. All right. So, I want to get back to what's going on here over on Substack Notes and what's going on. So, the Elysian, who I'd never heard of, okay, that is... Um, isn't Mel that Griffin. movie with no, that's Matt, Elysium. Matt that's Elysium. But okay. she writes gotcha. a counter to this that's that says Substack shouldn't decide what we read. Okay. And that's kind okay. of and what I said was yeah. I wasn't invited, but I would sign this too. And this is a counter petition sure. to the one that has been put up by the Substack against Nazis. Substackers against Nazis, which oh. is just silly. Because I think Put everybody's that link in chat for people to sign if they agree with it. Well, I will. You for know? a long time, the internet felt like a hostile. All these links are going to be in the description afterwards. But for a long time, the internet felt like a hostile place. And then I stumbled upon a garden. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a fiction writer. In the middle of the mire, Substack emerged as a beacon of writing and discourse. It was a garden of learning where I could uh -huh. find and follow artists and intellectuals. Where I could study human flourishing from some of the best minds pursuing it. I love the sound of this. It's so brilliant. But just outside the walls, the rest of the internet is pressuring Substack to act more like other social media platforms. After an opinion piece was recently published in the Atlantic critiquing fringe voices on the platform, many Substack writers began calling for moderation. They want the platform to decide who can say what and who can be there. But I and the writers who have signed this post are among those who hope Substack will not change its stance on freedom of expression, even against pressure to do so. Because we've seen that before, and it hasn't worked. Other social media platforms have actively given reach to an enormous amount of divisive content, and moderation has amounted to private companies deciding who to deplatform based on their own agenda. Facebook has yep. struggled with hate speech and misinformation. Exactly Facebook has struggled with hate speech and misinformation, no matter what it has tried with its moderation policies. And Twitter's moderators have actively suppressed stories that might sway an upcoming election, among other discrepancies. But there can be no doubt that there is a lot of hateful content on the internet. But Substack has come up with the best solution yet. Giving writers and freedom and readers the freedom of speech without surfacing that speech to the masses. In your Substack inbox, you only receive the newsletters you subscribe to. Whether you're a reader or a writer, it is unlikely you'll receive hateful content at all if you don't follow it. And she says that she never has, though she saw it all the time on Twitter and Facebook, despite never having followed an account in that vein. 
Most Substack readers subscribe to a newsletter via email and never see anything except the emails from the writers they subscribe to. 96% of her own subscribers read via email. That cracks about with mine, not even via the app. And they might not even know that I publish my newsletter using a platform called Substack. How exactly would they come across hateful content on Substack? The author of this recent Atlantic piece gave one way. Actively go searching for it. That's the one way that they gave that you could find it, is to actively go searching for it. He admits to finding white supremacist, right. neo-confederate, and explicitly Nazi newsletters. So, by so conducting a search. Right. It's like, you know, you know, when people are upset about like something coming up in their Facebook feeds or whatever, it's because you've trained your algorithm to give that to you. Effectively. Yes, like, that's part of it. It's like to to have found this. That's you that's part had of it. to have been looking for it. That's part of it, but I don't want to be dismissive. Like, I don't want to be dismissive. Listen, over 200 people have signed off on this, and there's a good reason why. And and the reason why is because of something that I have been upset about, too, which is that Substack is picking winners. Substack has amplified a couple of these people over time mm -hmm. and has interviewed and has showcased their newsletter for their entire audience. And that's what these people are screaming about, that even if you got 15 new subscribers yeah. because of it, why is Substack in the business of getting you 15 new subscribers for your neo-Nazi funded or whatever? You know, again, this is where we're going to talk about whether the content of Richard Hanania is or he's an asshole for sure. Is he a white supremacist? I, I don't know. Was he at some point? Yes. Is it promoting that content now? I don't know. The other one was interviewing someone who specifically was a white supremacist. And it was one of those type of interview series, almost like on Jerry Springer. Will you bring them on knowing who they are? Yeah. And what the, and asking them about their ideology so that you can learn about why they think the way they think, which you can do. That's legal. That's allowed. It's not promoting them. Now, Jonathan Katz again admits defining white supremacist, neo Confederate, and explicitly neo Nazi newsletters by conducting a search of the Substack website and extremist telegram channels. But this only proves my point. If you want to find hate content on Substack, you have to go hunting for it on extremist third-party chat channels because unlike other social media platforms on Substack, it just won't show up in your feed. People are also saying again that Substack has recommended some of these newsletters to them, and I never got one of them personally, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. One thing mainstream media outlets misunderstand is that Substack is not one platform. It is thousands of platforms, and you get to pick which ones to be part of and Substack has come up with a powerful way to moderate those platforms. Rather than rely on the company to hire a team of moderators, which they, by the way, did, but Substack democratized the process, giving full moderation control to writers. I have full control. As the author of The Elysian, she has the authority over her own community. She can lock comments on her essays to paid subscribers. She can delete comments on her essays and can ban individuals from commenting or subscribing for the set of amount amount of time that I choose, including indefinitely forever. Right. I can delete every comment. Forever, ever. I can delete every comment one user made with the click of a button, and my readers can report comments they deem inappropriate. I am the content I am the curator of my own space, and here comments are locked to paid members, including on this post, because this is a space where thinkers from every political spectrum are safe to engage in respectful discourse. That doesn't prevent you from sharing this post with your communities 
and having discussions there if you'd like. That's the whole point. When Substack rolled out notes, their Twitter alternative, it came with those same controls. I can lock replies on my notes to paid subscribers. I can delete replies to notes that I don't like. I can mute, ban, and block people from commenting and following me. And best of all, when I'm scrolling my feed, the only posts that show up are by the people I subscribe to and by the people they're interacting with. There is no viral tweet inserted into my feed. It's a peaceful place filled with writers and readers who are discussing human progress in her case. Now, she says the human public, which is a nonprofit advocating for public space, better public spaces on the Internet, compares online platforms to public parks. These spaces should be freely available to the public, but they can be a beacon of community gathering or not, depending on how they are designed and used by the community. They list Substack in their database of pro-social digital spaces for its ability to build bridges between groups. Facebook doesn't make the list, but Facebook groups do, which speaks to the power of small self-moderated groups. <clears throat> and Facebook groups has all kinds of problems of its own, by the way. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to just read this whole thing, but it's, it's really important to, to get this part of the <laughs> protest and, and this counter narrative um, right. I'm, I'm not disagreeing I'm with what she's saying. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Rachel. Near you. But as they say, why shouldn't we have digital platforms where everyone can feel safe and flourish, like in our best parks and libraries? And yes, that's absolutely true. That's what we've created on Substack, a network of all the best parks and libraries where you're, where all of us are safe to flourish. If someone says something in a park you're not part of, not much happens. It doesn't get surfaced to the masses. Unless you actively try to find it, you won't. You're no longer exposed to the niche worldview of whoever says the most outrageous thing or influenced by media outlets profiting from your attention. You're only exposed to the voices you follow and trust online. I'm going to challenge that, too, because I had somebody in my comments and in my, in my mentions who follows and subscribes to our newsletter. Her name is Nona Lee, and she's been restacking every person that signed off on this letter and she's been very active on notes in the last couple of days we see you we definitely do see you and acknowledge you she has been harassed at times by neo-nazis and has spent times blocking having to, to to block and deal with the harassment from this and from posting replies to certain substacks i don't know what she writes to incite these things that's not my thing and it's not necessarily her fault and i'm not going to be a victim Shamer or blamer here. Um, I'm just going to say that some people say that that has been happening. So they say, so she says, Emily says that that's not happening. I've got people that say that it has been happening to them. So I don't know what Emily's response to that would be other than to say block them and, and move on. And that, that was basically my response to them is don't get yourself in a frenzy about it, block and move on. Then they don't get access to you ever again. You know, the result is that we're uniting ourselves into communities, not dividing ourselves into factions, right? Because you're only exposed to the voices that you follow and trust online. And my community is different from every other community that's being curated on Substack because I follow a different set of writers than everybody else. I have at least a few people that nobody else that I know of that, that does subscribe. And hopefully I introduce them and it starts to spread those communities. And that's one of the things that's happened here. Spend some time on Substack. Then spend some time on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, or 
Facebook or Meta or whatever, and any of the rest, and it's easy to see that this is one of the best places on the internet. That doesn't mean it's perfect. We're still trying to figure out the best way to handle extremism on the internet. Remember, this thing only launched in April. But of yeah. all the ways we've tried so far, Substack is working the best. So let the writers and readers moderate, not the social media platforms, and don't have one big town square um, we all have to be exposed to. Have a bunch of smaller ones that we can choose to be part of. Maybe the future will come up with an even better idea than this one, but right now, Substack is not just a model for better social media or even a better media. It's a model for a better internet. That's why alongside the incredible writers who signed this letter below, I'm not advocating for a lack of moderation. I'm advocating for community moderation. I'm advocating for decentralized mm. moderation. Together, we're advocating for a future internet where we decide what we read, not an algorithm or a company, where we can create small gardens on the internet where all of us can flourish. And Matt Taibbi, oh look, Barry Weiss it, signed off on this. Is I it possible? She, okay. He got named by sure by by what's Sob his name? Tony Barry Weiss. Oh, I know that guy. Uh, sorry, Net Netanyahu Toady. Edward Freddy Snowden. Weiss. Barry Weiss. Freddie DeBoer signed yep. off on this. Okay, and Freddie has been vocal mm -hmm. about be being harassed by Nazis, but he doesn't want to see this this platform um, censored or anyone demonetized. We saw what happened, even incorrectly, yep. to Mint Press and to Consortium News. And it hurts when you get demonetized. Yep. Matt Taibbi, there he is. He's signed off on this. I play. I would sign off on this too, and I can reply and tell her that I would. There's Fisto, and we read his his article first. Now, someone says that if Richard Dawkins signed off on it, then you're, Dawkins. In, then you're in poor company. Same thing with Slavoj Zizek, who I don't yep. necessarily agree with. But at the same time, we are all about Zizek. the freedom to publish what we want to publish, and that they're free to be wrong too. Sam Khan, we're about to read as well. And then Ted Joya, who mm. is the honest broker and one of the largest substackers as well that has everybody's respect, as well as Walter Kern, who does a substack, uh, who does a podcast with Matt. But coming to a substack newsletter near you. Here's your original writer of the Atlantic article, Jonathan M. Katz. Orange check. The orange checks, by the way, are people I believe. Check. Why does everything got to be a check? Well, it's the the. Can we get like a wait, badge or like a trophy? It is a badge. Like... The purple checks are ten thousand paid subscribers and up. The orange checks are a thousand paid subscribers and up. The clear orange check is a hundred paid subscribers and up. I believe is how you <laughs> get it. And I have no check because I am not important apparently on that platform. But like Jonathan's a ribbon, can we get a ribbon? This is that that this article is. A series of lies. You can sign it if you want, but you should know that going in. Lies, damn lies. He's got four likes and two replies. Says the guy who won't name any of the blogs he indicts so we can judge for ourselves without blindly taking his word for it. Trust me, bro. There's Nazis. Uh-huh. And here's our friend Crap. Trust me, bro. Right? Well, as you can see, and I don't want to get into those replies. That gets really into the weeds. Now... Here's someone else on there that I don't know very well, Stone Bryson. I saw this and I'm like, ooh, I think this is good. He actually quote tweeted or, or you know saw that this was happening. Now, 
Marissa at the Handbasket was actually one of the people who co-authored that that Substackers Against Nazis article after seeing the Atlantic piece. Stone says, Dear Hamish, Chris, and Jiraj, this is a note of encouragement. The, the majority of us value free speech above everything else, so please ignore these chattering busybodies. I assure you they are the, mon the minority. A noisy minority, to be certain, but a minority nonetheless. Although, to be fair, if you really had an urge to ban someone, I'd be okay with you dumping the people who are involved with these shenanigans. After all, there is no rational thought process in existence which demands that you must allow the, those trying to destroy your platform that use that very platform as their weapon. Let them bellyache on X and Facebook where they belong. Okay, okay, I'm just joking, I think. Anyhow, thank you for keeping Substack free, so, signed Stone Bryson, the Stone Age. And there was a lot of sentiment to that out there. Um, I'll take a pause for a minute here and check out what everyone's up to. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh, yes, I also, Kenneth Locke, <laughs> I advocate for those authoritarian fuckers to go fuck themselves as well. That's that's a good that's a good sentiment. Uh, I don't know if I can yeah see if I'm seeing the uh, the chat coming through. But anyway, um, all right, Crab better have my money, Mastermind Hour. I don't know if he's going to. We'll see. Although he's been hooking up <laughs> hooking it up over at the hot spot. And uh, he's been doing some really funny, funny videos over there for them. Um, hit him with the mat yeah. out. Th thanks, Rick. Yeah, Rick. Rick, Rick loves Al to torture Al me. Lannister always pays their debts. Right. Yeah. That is correct. Substack Ooh. is a way for independent journalists to continue Except writing. This speech is boring and paranoid. Yes, I'm getting super tired of censorship on all platforms. Right. And I agree with you on that too, Vicky. Thank you, B.S. Adams. All right. So. Uh, Stone had something to say. Now, Sam Khan, you saw signed off Stone on this Cold. letter. Sam Khan. Is this the Stone we're talking about? Not, no, no. Stone Bryson, now Sam Khan. Khan. K-A-H-N. Like the wrath oh, of so Khan. not, Khan. not Stone Cold. No, not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, bum, 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 bum. Dude, I got to tell him to change his name to Stone Cold Stone <laughs> Bryson. I don't know if he'll get sued by the WWE. Okay. All right. Um, sure. So Sam Khan brings up a couple of really good points. And then he, of course, gets a response from um, what's his name over there? Uh, um, from Jonathan Katz. So we're going to cover the little back and forth. And then I got into it with Jonathan Katz because I made a suggestion about how mm -hmm. we might want to handle this moderation. But Sam says, dear substackers against Nazis, your hearts are obviously in a good place, but please do consider one way or another the following. That Number one, and this is my big thing, what's the mechanism of action for determining who's a Nazi? Is a Nazi a member of the Nazi party? Is it someone who self-identifies as a Nazi? Someone who espouses some views that overlap with Nazism as assessed by others? Someone who isn't traditionally Nazi but is far mm. right? What about people who have nothing to do with Nazism but are actively calling for the elimination of Jewish people or of a Jewish state or of a Palestinian state? Mm -hmm. Is there a Substack entry entity right. or committee that makes these decisions? How big is it? Who's on it? Would you be equally comfortable if the entity ended up being, for instance, an algorithm? Does this entity have jurisdiction over 
only Nazis or over others, let's say racists, misogynists, ultra-nationalists, science deniers, others with objectionable views, and if so, over which of these? All right? These are the kind of cans of worms this is going to open. How expensive is this committee then? And are you comfortable with its funds coming directly from support for writers? How does this right. committee or entity get its information? Is there like a tip jar and substackers report on other substackers? What's the appeals process if you're yep. accused of objectionable speech or views? And if someone's it'll, kicked be, it'll be like Britain, you gotta if you see if you see something, say something on the internet. They say yeah. that they say that in New York. Right, right out. Brought out your people. Yes. If someone's kicked yep. off the platform, what's to stop them from a defamation suit against Substack? Wouldn't it wouldn't that make it easier for Substack to just not list any reason for kicking somebody off? If you're calling for moderation, right. please at least think through some of the ramifications of what you're calling for. And I keep saying slippery slope here. Michael Moore, M-O-H-R, wrote a response about why he signed the pre the the, the letter. And you know, there, it, it became a lot of, this is liberal, this is uh, leftists, leftists that are doing this. And they're blaming leftists for right. being ridiculous. Right. So here, so they're usually pretty vocal about it. Think Hitler was right. Like to talk about the superiority. Is it not? Okay. So he's trying to answer that. And then he's then, I guess, reporting this post for what you can do. Right. But we found out what happens when you report. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Jonathan then responds and says, it's hard to believe that people don't know this, but okay. There's this thing called Substack Trust and Safety. They already make moderation decisions and have for years. I assume their salaries are paid out of the 10% cut they take from our revenue, plus the money they get from investors. It's a thing that basically every social network in the world has. So for speaking for Jonathan, but our primary ask is not for anyone to be kicked off. It's for Substack Corporate to come out and discuss publicly why they go out of their way to promote writers who espouse white nationalist views, allow Nazis to monetize their newsletters, and yes, allow posts that seem to be in blatant violation of the TOS against hate. Stuff like this. So he put up a collective of stuff. Yeah. He blocks out and blurs out most of the names, although he doesn't blur this one out, and he doesn't blur another one of them out, I notice. Um, and this one, by the way, if Bin Laden didn't do 9-11, then who did? Joe published a video very similar to something like that that was factual. <laughs> that literally did a deep dive into if exactly the influence. Of, like, yes. Oh, Bin Laden didn't do 9-11. Right. Gotcha. Then who did? And guess and, and it's saying <laughs> the US and Israel did. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people that have evidence to prove right. that. Nobody wants to hear yes, that. And JFK, but don't go too far down that rabbit hole. Now, we don't have enough tinfoil for our hats. Correct. Now, you know, Sam responds to Jonathan's hysteria because Jonathan likes to run around with his hair on fire. Jonathan, thank you for the reply. Here really? are a few That's of impressive. the here are a few of the many problems <laughs> with your piece. Number one, you really misrepresent Substack's terms of use, and I'm very surprised that you got past the Atlantic. The terms of use for hate are to prohibit speech that incites violence based on protected classes, a narrow standard in line with current First Amendment jurisprudence. You claim that the terms of use formally proscribe hate, which is a far broader reading, and is your own concoction. What else is new? He pulled it out of his own ass. 
Number two, one of the actual terms mm -hmm. of use, very few of the newsletters that you so assiduously scoured through would be in violation of the content guidelines. I'm fully with you on the noxiousness of the Great Replacement Theory or the history of World War II from a pro-Nazi perspective, but in looking through the substacks you identified, I didn't come across explicit calls for violence or for segregation, which is the threshold for proscribing speech. Your argument is that Substack is condoning blatant violation of the TOS, where it's very thin. Actually, it seems that the only complaints have to do with Substack leadership are Hamish McKenzie hosting Richard Hanania on the active voice and McKenzie recommending Daryl Cooper. But as you note, Hanania's appearance was before outing the white for the white white supremacy. <clears throat> uh, the, was before his outing for the white Okay, let me back up. As you know, Hanania's appearance, appearance was before his outing for the white nationalist pieces. And when he was a widely published and discussed figure, not for being a white nationalist. For being an asshole, mm -hmm. yes, for being a Republican. Do you speak it? The issue with Cooper was for interviewing a white nationalist as part of a planned series on extremism. Like I said, in other words, for doing something that journalists do all the time, you can certainly argue that McKenzie should have invited a different guest or recommended a different podcaster, but that's very far from your claim that Substack has a pattern of promoting Nazi shit heels. They have more of a pattern of promoting neo-nib right. heels. Number four is that it's completely yep. incoherent from your <laughs> writing and statements to what the proposed remedy is. You say that you would like Substack's leadership to come out in the open and talk publicly about their policy, but they've already been crystal clear about it. Mm -hmm. It's free speech with hands-off moderation for views or beliefs. Then you say that we are not, as lazy rumors have it, trying to de-platform Substack contributors we don't like, but you are calling for the demonetization of objectionable newsletters, which is a kind of shadow ban. It would certainly serve as a form of punishment for noxious speech and would diverge from Substack's current terms of use. In the article, you explicitly back away from a ban, but then if Substack were to follow all your other recommendations, wouldn't they still, as you might put it, be left with a Nazi <clears throat> problem? I think as we both mm -hmm. know, the only way to really make Substack free of any sort of Nazi or far-right content is a change in the terms of use, proscribing certain types of expression, and a shift to a far more robust inquisitorial content moderation. That would make for a very different platform with very different values, and would, I'd argue, be an extreme overreaction to the 16 or so newsletters you found and a regrettable podcast in invitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yep. This idea that you're just a concerned Substack citizen looking for clarity for the founders is really disingenuous. If that's the case, you're supposed to identify a clear call for action and trace your inability to get the leadership to agree to the proposed remedy before you write for a publication that clearly bears Substack no goodwill, like The Atlantic. I do find it curious that you appoint yourself an arbiter of online civility, when you respond to somebody who critiques you by calling them a loser, a douchebag, and old. And is 53 really so old? I hope not. <laughs> you have caused yeah, real old, old, old person. This is what bothers me the most. 
that Jonathan, you have caused real mm -hmm. and possibly permanent damage to a platform that a lot of people here care about and that is fundamentally operating from a good place. When people Google Substack now, Nazi will come right up in their search results. Okay, that's something that Andon's yep. right press never succeeded in doing, but you did, and your bosses at the Atlantic wanted done in the first place. And I said that here, yep. the last one is the agenda of his bosses. He can cry and moan that he's not serving an agenda, but he's either lying through his teeth or genuinely stupid. Okay, because he he and I went back and forth, okay, where I said to someone that it never stops with one. It may not be Jonathan's that decides next time. That's why this is so dangerous to even entertain. And Jonathan, the smug douche that he is, yeah, I can call you a douchebag because you're a big, fat arms check. Oh, yes, if Substack stops actively promoting white supremacists, then the obvious next step is the gulag. Do you even listen to yourself? Meanwhile... Meanwhile, in reality, I'm saying to Jonathan... I would actually like them to get out of the business of promoting anyone's newsletter and picking winners entirely, but that's not really what you're calling for either. Just not, just that Substack not promote the ones you perceive to be bad. I don't like Hanani either, by the way. I feel the same way about Nate Silver and Robert Reich, who least need the amplification from Substack for their neoliberal garbage and gaslighting. And last week it was fucking Fredo Cuomo showing up here and everybody went, oh my God. <clears throat> Here. These are yeah. the assholes that fucking made fun of this platform, and now they're here with their tail between their legs going, yeah, well, okay, I guess it is kind of a cool place. We should shun these assholes. Long before Rachel not shows embrace up. them. Oh, coming to a substack near you. All right, now. Uh -huh. <clears throat> I thought this one was also a really good response to this entire problem. Right, and to this fight that's been happening. And the problem with me that, that I see here is that there's a loud group, like Sam said, on notes that are screaming about this, demanding some response from Substack, and not a lot of people screaming about the free speech part and saying, you know what? This has been fine. Everything's working okay. This guy just decided it was a problem, and now everybody's got to jump. Okay? And oh, yeah, he happens to work for corporate media and a billionaire on top of being a... Freelance, independent journalist like Crystal Ball. Uh-huh. So, yep. Joshua T. Calkins Trewergy, who I had never heard of at the Storytellers call Corner, writes this. Grow up, get serious. Yeah, grow up and get serious. Exactly. Thank you, Crystal. And I think she may even have her thing here on Substack. God, she fell on her face so badly this week. It's just <laughs> spectacular how, how yep. compromised she is. Why she keeps getting to interview Booby when Marianne Williamson was literally an officiant of her wedding is beyond me. But that's, I digress. Anyway. The hoes be knowing. Yeah, the hoes do be knowing. Somebody actually published an article or put a video out about why I left TYT that I thought was, oh my goodness, about two, four years too late. But <laughs> Can you stop embarrassing yourself? Come on. So here's Joshua who says, Given the recent screeching echoing through the cyber holes of Substack in recent days concerning the Nazi problem the platform has, I decided it might be helpful to do a little experimentation. Now, this is really important. This guy does the lookup and he tries to find what everybody's trying, what everybody's screaming about. 
since first coming across Marissa Cabas's since-deleted note wherein she lamented the apparent overwhelming plethora of such adamant knuckle-draggers on the platform, including me, I figured that it should be quite easy within a couple of days worth of randomly scrolling through the various topic tags one can quickly search by to come across at least half a dozen examples of these SS-worshipping hate-mongers, right? Wrong. Jimmy yeah. Trump. Wrong. After three days, Wrong. spending at least 15 minutes twice per day looking, I came across one lone Wrong. example. Thank you. A schmuck who jumped into the comments of one of my fiction posts to try to promote and link his own paranoid screeds. That's it. I only found this lone example because he latched on to me. Which, by the way, he, he's free to block and to make sure that guy never sees his stuff or comments again. So, so to Mr. Katz, Ms. Cabas, and anyone else flailing around like your hair is on fire about this, I would suggest that what is more likely is that you, like Media Matters, before you over Elon Musk's X platform, went out of your way in search of these Nazis. Substack didn't randomly promote them to you, I suspect. But I did come across no less than 20 examples daily of people calling... Yeah. Of calling for people to be people calling for conservatives to be jailed, to be regarded with blanket scorn and suspicion, and two substacks where authors recommended that January 6th defendants face summary execution for their insurrection. Oh, uh, yep. Fun stuff. Uh-huh. Insurrection, yes. Yes. Yep. Might I suggest that instead of spending all this immense time and effort caterwauling about the fact that people you find disgusting, and I frankly agree with you there, they are disgusting, are able to make a living by publishing their tripe, a thing I could easily say for both cats and cabbas, seriously, these internet hall monitors earn money for finger-wagging and begging for censorship, for saying, govern me harder, daddy, and that these two and everyone uh -huh. else who copy-paste this all for answers read attempted bullying, take the time instead to do the following. A. Name and shame these actual Nazi substacks and spend the length of a post pointing out all their fallacies, their falsehoods, and their non-starter assumptions and talking right. points. If you have any intellectual integrity right, or the, honesty about the, you... The answer to speech you don't like... Is better is speech. More speech. Right. You have yep. to debunk their speech. This should hardly be a challenge at all. Mm -hmm. We're talking here about ideas that have been successfully countered for decades, Mr. Katz and Ms. Pabas. Give it a try. I might actually read and enjoy your takedown of those troglodytes who, frankly, I see almost no evidence of being on Substack beyond Hanania, Araria. Uh, I don't remember. I don't care about the jackass. B. Quit demanding that your red lines be I'm the ones so. applied on every goddamn platform you touch your controlling tentacles to. Fuck yes. C. Start pointing out the extreme voices in your own camps, folks, because there's a lot of them. And the fact that they routinely engage in the same kind of dehumanizing rhetoric against their and your socio-political ideological opposition as those spectral Nazis do against, well, anyone who isn't them, makes your buddies more kindred spirits with those digital skinheads than anyone I would think you'd be comfortable with. I'm appalled that this censorious attitude has crept into my niche neck of the woods. I, only half an hour ago found an email from Fictionistas, a stack I appreciate for its highlighting the fiction, 
writing element here on Substack in my inbox, and it was yet another copy and paste of this twaddle. That's a great word. No, I like, I like twaddle. Sucks. I do not respect yeah. supremacists like a, of any stripe, folks. And the thing under chicken, no, it's a waddle. I do uh, not respect not supremacists waddle. of any stripe, folks. That includes the sort of cats and cabas apparently are progressive supremacists who wield the crude club of censorship and the jagged stone knife of cutting off funding from those who they find objectionable and who they are either too dim-witted to verbally star spar with or are too cowardly to openly and directly confront because they're afraid of violence. Yeah. Shame on both all of you for attempting to use mob tactics and dialectic poison. In summation, Miss. Your cats, Miss Cabus, I think you both miss your true callings. Really, I do. You're both so obviously concerned with the well-being of others, it strikes me that one or both of you should have insist instead become police officers rather than paid writers. I mean, I can't imagine either one of you agreeing to the paltry salary most policemen make, though that's a hurdle to get over, but so too would be the physical capabilities that most new officers must demonstrate. And I don't picture either one of you two when I use the words physically capable, not by a country mile. Oh, maybe exorcists instead. <laughs> yeah, I happen to believe that demons are real and that demonic possessions occur throughout the world. So even though they're extremely rare and impossible to verify, sort of like the degree of danger you propose is posed by Substack allowing these Nazi accounts to exist, you know? In case you can't tell, yeah. and that's a serious question at this point, I'm taking the piss with both or all of you who have signed on this finger-wagging effort. If any of you had my respect before, it is by dint of your jointing this mob action, reduced to barely ex extant. And for you, Mr. Katz and Miss Cabas, well, I didn't respect you much as it was, so nothing of value is lost there. I love this one. I thought that was brilliant and very well written and obviously not written by an American, or at least a very well-educated one, if so. Joshua, bravo. Well done, you. Um... What's up, everybody? I know we're talking about Substack drama, but this is really important because it's censorship. They are coming for us. This is the shit libs coming for they're claiming they're claiming Nazis right now. It starts with Nazis. Then it becomes, and I already saw it start to jump to people who are anti-trans. Okay, now it's you're platforming hate right. speech against trans people. And then they continue to move the goalposts and move the line and move the line and move the line. So I decided to poke the Jonathan Katz bear and quote, and quote, tweet him. We should start a petition of substackers against ethnic cleansing, calling for every pro-Israel substack to be banned since they're in the middle of an ethnic cleansing right now. Go ahead and openly say you support ethnic cleansing by not signing it. See how easy and lazy that is? Be careful, Jonathan. You're traveling down a dangerous censorship path. And you will not always be the arbiter of what's banworthy. He plays right the fuck into it beautifully. And here he goes. So, Jonathan has a response to this. And he, quote, tweets it and says, uh, that would be fucking stupid, basically, is what he would say, is what it said. I'd be safe, but that would be a very dumb thing to do. And I say this as someone who's been outspoken again about Israel's genocidal intent in Gaza. At least he's on the right side of that. He's not a Zionist. As would calling for every, say, pro-Trump blog to be banned 
or even every blog that traffics in any kind of white supremacy, or even turning to permabans, or even negative moderation at all as a move of first resort, which is why we aren't calling for any of that. Yeah, you're not now, dummy. Stupid! You're so stupid! But it ain't gonna be you next time that calls for it. It's gonna be somebody calling for it on you. And then you're gonna be like, bah, 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 come on, that's unfair. You never see it coming. Shitlib's go to shitlib. Something tells me this guy is, a, is an active member of DSA. I don't know why. But to prove to Jonathan that I put my money where my mouth is, this piece was written in September saying, not you two Substack, stay out of promoting content via platform. Okay, and I never mentioned Richard Hanania, I don't believe. All right, but Substack should not be amplifying any creators. They should be a platform that delivers exceptional service to creators who are free to publish whatever they want so long as they don't violate the TOS or federal and state laws. I wrote this three days ago in response to Jonathan and his screeching. Now, Ted Joya, he writes about jazz, and he's great. Everybody loves him. He's incredibly well-respected, and I was waiting for him to weigh in, and I honestly thought that he was going to republish that. I was going to be really disappointed if he did, and he pleasantly stood up and surprised me. And he said, I urge you to support individual rights and civil liberties. Organizations who try to silence and censor writers are the ones who have a real Nazi problem. The historical record is clear on this. Censorship is used by the powerful to silence the weak. We've seen that everywhere from the Spanish Inquisition to the French Committee for Public Safety to the Soviet gulags and beyond. And today we are seeing censorship regimes weaponized against writers and others all over the world. Journalists in particular have a responsibility to defend freedom of expression, Jonathan, which is the lifeblood of their vocation. Fisto says, thank you, Ted. Amen, Ted. And a lot of people are in agreement with Ted. Okay, because Ted signed off on this letter and they want they want answers. His crowd. And I'll bet you he's lost followers because of this. And I'm sorry for that, but I hope that he gains substantially more as a result. Right. Now, Fisto, back at the end of November, when this first came out, said that, as many of you know, there have been renewed calls for censorship on Substack. And here at The Partisan, again, we take a maximal stance. So the facts are these. Pro-censors seek out content that upsets them, often content with extremely low engagement, which is exactly what Jonathan Katz did. He claims that he's got newsletters with 10,000-plus subscribers. How many of them are paid? How much are they making? How much is Substack profiting from that? And what is it even enough? I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But pro-censors seek out content that upsets them. Most of us would never see this content if it weren't for pro-censors protests, like we said. <clears throat> pro-censors do not understand the basics of the free speech position as evidenced by their completely not understanding Substack's plainly written policy. They brook no criticism. Anything above a vain whimper of protest gets you ignored, mocked, and always blocked. They disrespect every person on this platform when they demand that Substack save us from objectionable, offensive, and hateful content as if we can't decide that ourselves. We do not need them or Substack to save us from the bad guys. As grown, mature, adult human beings, we are perfectly capable of doing it ourselves. <clears throat> 
Substack respects this. Their platform will continue to prosper. As we all wish to see this, I encourage you all to challenge and critique any pro-censor argument you see anywhere and everywhere on this platform. We fight bad speech with more speech. Well, I heard somebody say that a little while ago. Right up to the gates of hell and beyond, who's with mm -hmm. I would say Reef is with you, Fisto. <clears throat> Reef yeah. is with you. User was banned for this comment. Everyone's oh, favorite boy. robot, Fisto. And Fisto, by the way, is using an, an, an alias, and he admitted that he is, and that's fine. I'm cool with that, because I do too. Now, here's where it starts yep. to go wrong. Sarah reported Fisto because she used the report button, except... <clears throat> oh, boy. Sorry. One yeah, that goes to the fucking article guy, not the... Yes. Sarah signed her name to Substackers Against Nazis letter. This information is publicly available. I tagged her in my criticism of the piece. She commented on my piece. She reported me to myself for stalking. Ah, yes. Stalking. Mm -hmm. Non-subscribed user you Sarah know. says, This person is stalking me and tagging me in posts despite never having contact with him. Stalker! Yeah. I said, it's what Nazis do, Fisto. <clears throat> he says, but think uh -huh. about it a little more. They had structural advantages on Twitter. Those do not exist on Substack. Even better, they don't even know how it works. It's open season as far as I'm concerned. No mercy. Yeah. Right? I said, but this is why I picked this. Cobra Kai? Right. An enemy deserves no mercy. <clears throat> this is how words mm -hmm. get used to censor and ban people, by the way. She's going to run around telling everyone you stalked her for tagging her in a post that she publicly put her name to. But of course, the context gets lost somewhere. It yeah. becomes a game of telephone, and the legend of the story begins. Two weeks from now, you openly attacked her, violated her safe space, and incited violence. Then the DEI... No, right. Then the DEI censor, right. Then the DEI censors <laughs> that, that uh, use that to demand a TOS ban, have a hissy fit when it doesn't work, then leave in a huff. End scene. He says, I hope they yeah. do. I will absolutely pound them into the dirt. And that's when I got angry enough to say, you know what? I'm going to talk about this shit tomorrow night. Because this is insane. Yeah. Somebody said, I hope you were goose-stepping when you were stalking her. Holy shit. At least she didn't call you a Nazi <laughs> stalker. Christ. Dude, people are just... <clears throat> oh, shout out Rich. Rich even weighs in there. Rich had a bunch to say, too. All right, so... Quote tweeting Fisto. Georgia McGraw says, Things I've learned today is, one, the report function just reports to the substacker whose piece you are commenting on. Not Big Daddy Substack, as this lady thought. Two, there are people who want to have other people's comments removed for even being slightly causistic, caustic in tone. They're the ones who want to paint themselves as Nazi hunters and wish to implement censorship here. It was never about Nazis, but I already knew that last bit. And we saw this with the COVID hunters, right? I remember yeah. that there was an entire group of COVID misinformation on Twitter. Oh yeah, they put it. They put an entire um, group together of people that were hunting COVID disinformation. Yep. Now, Marissa, mm -hmm. who is Being one of the talking. authors of the oh. original letter to Substack 
on against Nazis. She's very proud of herself. More than 200 publications joined Substackers Against Nazis. Despite strong media coverage, uh-huh. Substack founders still offer no direct response. So Marissa, who's very, yep. very proud of herself and very full of herself, on Thursday, I published an open uh-huh. letter that was drafted with input from more than 100 Substack publishers and shared by each of us on our respective Substack. The goal? To get an answer from and the wh- And what, what does she cover? But to demand that um, that the platform's founders as to why they're platforming and monetizing Nazis, like actual Nazis, and the groundswell of support has been amazing. Ever since the first round of us appear- shared the letter, more than 200 publications in total have published it on their own substacks, and our efforts have been covered by Forbes, Fast Company, The Hill, and Newser. It's been exciting to see our reach, but above all, Substack's leadership, Substack leadership's response to these media outlets asking them about our efforts has been quite clarifying. Substack declined to respond to Substack's against Nazis letter, but directed Fast Company to a separate open letter written by journalist L. Griffin, which we read, that as of Thursday had been signed by more than 50 publishers on the platform to signal their support of Substack's current moderation policies. The list of signers included Matt Taibbi, Free Press founders Barry Weiss and Nellie Bowles, and the biologist Richard Dawkins, among others. Substack also gave Fast Company a statement echoing what it told The Atlantic, which is that they're a platform built on freedom of expression and helping writers publish what they want to write. Some of that writing is going to be objectionable or offensive. Substack has a content moderation policy that protects against extremes like incitements to violence but we do not subjectively censor writers outside of those policies. He says that, again, we're left to wonder if being a literal Nazi who supports Nazi policies and encouragingly posts Nazi imagery isn't an incitement to violence, then what is? So she posted to Substack Notes on Friday with a simple idea that if you're fine with Nazis on the platform, just say so. So again, reversing it and saying that, no, I'm not fine with it, I just can't ban it, right? Right. It's been frustrating to see how many people are willing to offer complex explanations for a fundamental concept. Nazis are fine by me. No, it's not that concept. So I decided to strip it down to its core. And then one of the signers of the counter letter that Substack leadership is actively promoting to media said it plainly, that they're fine with Nazis on this platform. In some ways, it was a relief. No more bloviating. No more talking about the thing we all know the signatories of the other letter really mean. So now this person now just put words in the mouths of every other person that signed the letter, and now she's saying that Matt Taibbi's okay with Nazis on this platform. Why? Right. By association, because they all signed the letter. He's a, he's a useful idiot for Nazis. Well, he does own a podcast called Useful Idiots, but that's beside the point. Yes. At least from here, we can have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Substack still has yet to respond to, directly to this group of crybabies, despite the letter <laughs> personally being emailed to them Thursday morning. Wow, because they don't get any other emails on a Thursday morning. Until then, right. Right. we'll watch the participants continue to roll in and plan our next move. Dun, dun, dun. And if you'd like to join the effort, here's my email address. 
don't email her and tell her that this is completely wrong, censor, censorious, and crazy. And a couple of Especially writers, on Thursday, don't do that. A couple of writers that I've been very disappointed to, again, see, agree with this, like Andy Adams, who's a great photographer, and he just wants it to be peaceful and nice on Substack. He's a photographer. He doesn't want to see Nazi yeah. stuff. I understand. All right, but this is bigger than, than just you not seeing Nazi stuff. This is about them demonetizing right. a creator that Melissa, Marissa, or that Jonathan Katz decides is a Nazi. Okay? Is C.J. Hopkins a Nazi because he published a, a book that has a, a surgical mask that has a swastika on it talking about the Nazi tactics of Germany during yep. the lockdown in 2021. Is he a Nazi? These people would say yes. The German they government, would. apparently. They would say he shouldn't be monetized on Substack for that. And they can fuck off. Oh. And it's made me fucking angry as shit. Because it's almost it's after, it's almost midnight and I'm still hopping mad about it. So here's someone that I disagree with. And here's the point is that I am agreeing with people who I usually disagree with because we are aligned when it comes to free speech. I agree with libertarians. I agree with everyone when it comes to free speech. I'm not an absolutist. I'm agreeing with sticking to laws and terms of service. If being pro-Nazi on Substack was so lucrative and profitable, then the place would be crawling with them. You would have all sorts of players from the industrial censorship complex getting in the game leftists too. Nazi party people holding elected office anywhere in the U.S.? Zero. Well, I would say it's one. It's Paul Goser. Current elected positions in danger of losing an election to pro-Nazi candidates? Zero. If these people are so dangerous, then why does the FBI have to infiltrate their groups in order to plan and assist them in their idiotic criminal actions? We are being manipulated mm -hmm. by playing into this nonsense. Looking at you, lefty. Now, again, Spandex is obviously a right-winger who says that Democrats are lefties. Democrats are right-wing authoritarians, not independent and not <laughs> leftists. And not the Serenity now! Not the SJW, I'm demanding <laughs> control over your speech. There are actual hey, principled leftists. Labels are labels are labels bad. are bad. Stay independent. Correct. And that's what we are. We're independent, but we Label, are to the left. Are now, in conclusion, I have some serious questions myself for notes. And everybody who signed this letter. Until the Jonathan Katz, until he published in the art in the Atlantic, did you have any idea even who Richard Hanania was? Or if there were any other Substacks active nope. that you might not want to be on the platform? I guess is no. Nope. Did you ask how much Substack actually profits from this content and whether it would be more costly legally to restrict creators and deal with the censorship lawsuits? Nope or allow people the leeway to self-manage the platform. I'm willing to bet they aren't keeping them from being banned for the money. And that 10% Substack gets isn't even enough to hire a content moderator or pay a lawyer. Jonathan Katz and The Atlantic and Marissa Cabas are bullies, and we are all playing their game and filling their agenda. To keep the spotlight on one of the few places you can openly question established narratives without suppression. Today, it's Nazis. Tomorrow, it's the people who support the Palestinians. Then, it's those who challenge Big Pharma for the next pandemic that all the bigwigs have been teasing and warning about. <laughs> this is what they are trying to do. 
Now, this person says that even privately owned social media platform exists only for private back profit maximization and market domination. Your question or thought is like wondering why there's so much water on earth. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, is you have to weigh the risk versus the cost. Risk versus reward. And even if these 200 people leave Substack and take their entire audience with them, how many people are, does that actually represent monetization-wise? Is that really going to hurt so badly Substack's bottom line that they're going to compromise on the principles of the platform? And by the way, none of them has as big a platform as even Matt Taibbi, let alone Barry Weiss and some of the other people who have signed off on that other letter. And yeah. that is what... <clears throat> And that's what Fisto has said to, to me privately, is that if you look at just the straight dollars of this and the economics, Substack is going to, in the end, side with the, the larger creators that are generating more revenue for their platform. Now, they have not responded other than having uh, somebody restack L's note. But... My guess is that based upon who their large investors are, being Andreessen Horowitz and Y Combinator, and that they are VC funded, yeah. which is tied into the DEI and ESG movements, they're going to be forced and pushed by their investors to respond in some way, shape, or form, which is disappointing. I, I hope they, total, they hold the line because we've talked about Substack and Rumble being under assault from a multitude of of apparatus, one of them being Congress. And one of the speculations is that, and if you look at Jonathan Katz's background, he spent uh, time early on covering the Defense Department. Does he have connections with the security state? I, I'm going, I'm not going to speculate one way or another. I'm asking questions. I don't know. But I'm going to find out. Oh, yes, you can be sure I'm going to look into this and we're going to find out. What are those connections? FBI, open up! Well, Fisto is convinced that the censorship industrial complex and maybe even the CTI League are involved in sowing discord and, and implanting this story somehow. And in the escalation and amplification sure. of this story somehow. And, of course, we all know that the censorship Somebody, industrial somewhere. complex has agents with large platforms on Substack. They have to. They're everywhere. They're right. in 72 countries, according to the CTI League. So we've got to fight this. I mean, I'm standing and punching, and it feels like very lonely out there. Um, there are several that stand with us and several that have large platforms, and they're most concerned that they've seen their freedom of speech at some point either taken away or somebody close to them has been. And they know those dangers of that slippery slope. Even if they don't like what's being published or they don't like the creator or don't think personally that they should be monetized. It's not their call. Just like it's not my call. It's not your call. Jonathan Katz. It's up to Substack Legal. Mm -hmm. Primarily. And remember that because these are VC tech bros, they're going to listen to their lawyers first. It's not even going to be Andreessen Horowitz and, and the venture capitalists. It's going to be the lawyers that decide how this is responded to and if. And it may take a day or two or three or four for all the executives to roundtable, get together, decide how they want to approach this as a platform and respond 
after corrections from their legal team. And that may take three, four, or five days, Marissa and Jonathan. So I'm sorry if they're not necessarily going according to your timeline, if they choose to respond to you at all, which they don't have to. The entitlement that drips off of these people is disgraceful. Disgraceful. You are no better than us, than any other performer here on this platform, than any other creator here on this platform. I don't give a shit how big your audience is. Take it and get the fuck out if you don't like it. And that's what most of us are standing up collectively and saying. So, yeah. I don't know how many of you spend any time over on Substack Notes. I actually do like it as, as a social media entity. Um, I've met a ton of really cool people and found a ton of newsletters and a ton of different writing and people that I would never have found otherwise if it weren't for that that new medium that opened up in April. I've been a big embracer and, and fan of that, that system. And if I really want to, I can block Jonathan Katz and I can block Marissa Kavis. I'd rather fight with them because I don't want them running around spewing this bile unchallenged. But it's not, that's up to me. Yep. If it's bothering <clears throat> my mental health so bad that I can't get past it, I can block their ass and move on. I never have to worry about it again. That's the beauty of what this platform has created for everyone. So, this was a one-story, uh, really a one-story story tonight, a one-story show. But it featured a lot of different articles yep. from a lot of people you may not have already heard of. And I, that's one of the things I love to do here. I love showcasing independence. I love platforming people who, are, who, who write over on Substack. And I like making fun of people that are trying to come after us and censor what we're trying to say, think, and do and steer that narrative management on behalf of the Atlantic. We see you. Yes, we see you. All right. One more time, I'm going to put up the donate links. If you guys could really hook us up, I really appreciate it so much. Um, this week on INN, we're talking about... Uh, Crab is, we're not going to be here next Sunday night. It's Christmas Eve night. And we're going to let you guys be with your families and we're going to be with ours. We do plan to be here on New Year. Uh, actually, I think it's Christmas Day Eve. Like the 25th is next Sunday, right? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. 20, 24th. Like that. 24th is next Sunday. The 31st <laughs> is the following Sunday. We will not be here for that. We may do the first. If Politically Homeless does not go on New Year's Day night, we may shift on and do Monday night instead of Sunday for that night. I don't know. We'll see. Or we'll take two weeks off. We could certainly yeah. use a break. The plan already is to take the month of January off. So we're not going to be back for a little while, but we're going to do boats. We're going to be back in about 25 minutes or so to do boats. Um, later on this yeah. week, there is going to be no American tradition. Jesse's voice is still rough. Crab is talking about going live tomorrow night for Politically Homeless at 9 o'clock and to talk about the reduction in body count that the, that the IDF keeps revising downward as to how many civilians were murdered on 10-7. It's now down to 695 from the original number of 1,400 revised down to 1,200 revised now down to 695 because of all the soldiers that were also murdered that day. 
It's not that 1,200 weren't killed. Yep. It's just that only 695 were civilians. Um, 30, by the way, I saw okay. were children, even though somebody else said only one of them were. I didn't know that. But <clears throat> So maybe New Year's Day, Eve, but otherwise we're not going to be back probably till about February. Um, we're going to be back for boats in 20 minutes, so come back for that for sure. Um, but to continue the week, yep. INN News um, on Wednesday. Put the link in chat. INN News on Wednesday. These guys are going to do that. Reef and Colin going to do INN News. Thursday, there's no show. Friday, we've got Angel in the Afternoon at 7. And then Snow Hambo is probably going to do a gaming stream Friday night. And that's going to be it for the week until Christmas. So we just have a couple of shows this week. We're going to have a relatively light week, would be my guess. Plus, we're going to miss Misty, of course, on TNT Radio. Listen and watch her now on TNTradio.live every day, 5 o'clock Eastern. And uh, we did a we did a Palestine Unity stream on Thursday night with um, Connor Freeman and Yeti. Connor. Right, Connor Freeman and Yeti did a Palestine Unity stream on INN. Go check that out. It's an hour long. Yeti's camera was crappy, but... The, the the conversation was excellent. Connor really dug it, and I really appreciate yep. it and thank him for coming. And I really am enjoying these anti-war he just collaborations. Like, he just looked like he was filming from an undisclosed location that we had to blur, you know? Right? Like it was like Cigarette Man, the X-Files. Just, <laughs> like, just had to be the voice, you know? I love it. I love it. Like, um, <laughs> But yeah, the plan is to do them every two weeks. The next one is going to be on the 28th of December, and it's going to be Rob Durden and Dave DeCamp. And we've got these scheduled all throughout January and into early February, and we've got other people that also want to sign on. So likely we're going to continue this. Hopefully Palestine will stop being bombed at some point, and we can shift the focus of this (laughs) unity stream to something else that we align on, whether that's Julian Assange or legalization of, of cannabis or any other issues that we align with the anti-war people on. Well, we can talk about geopolitical issues that we align on, yeah. which there are a plenty abound. Like and those guys we'll, a lot. We'll convert them to, to our dirty, dirty communism. Yep. Yeah. That's right, Forrest oh. Mommy. Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be back so. in, in about 20 minutes. I'm going to go take a bucket and do the bathroom <clears throat> thing and We'll be back for boats and we'll have some yep, fun. Intermission, everyone. But but thank you to everyone. Hey, if, if this is our last stream of the year, I love you all. I appreciate you all. And uh, keep supporting independent media. We need it more than ever. And fuck censorship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep listening to what little boats have to tell you. Good night, everyone. See you in a bit. Ciao, baby. Indie News Network, collaborative family of independent content creators. Co-hosted only by me, Indy. I'm founder and editor of Indie Left News and Indie Media Today. I got Reef Reeland sitting next to me. At Indie News. Is Andrew Rivera on the Handsome Cynic? It's politics and survival. Uh, my name is Jesse Jett. It's American tradition. What's up, Space Monkeys? Welcome to Political Fight Club. I'm Robert Durden. I mean, I mostly make art for INN. Big Man Crab Joe. Keep up those great videos. Hey, guys, it's Yeti. I'm coming at you. Hello, my name is Lucy from Bidman Redwine. This is Chris Legion.
are these people? I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowing pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry They both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track And I'm only looking back thinking What did they actually say? So I